The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives with the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the light and medium efreets of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the nimble scout to my jack-of-all-trades. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Ah, how am I doing? Well, it hit 100 today. It's still 91 at... 8 p.m. Uh, with about 80% humidity, so I've been better. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Luckily, I'm sure all of your board games are very well protected in a temperature and humidity controlled room, so you're yeah, not going to have any issues at all. We opened Gloomhaven the other night, and man, trying to put some of those pieces together, uh, you yeah. could tell they're a little uh, warped. <laughs> <laughs> so the light and medium efreets are essential part to any strategy. Uh, they work best, though, when paired with the firepower of a heavy Efreet. And the person providing that firepower this week is the designer of the upcoming tactical card combat game, Redline, Cameron Duker. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks for having me on. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, really excited. Yeah, no, really, really excited to have you here. We we appreciate you joining us. Uh, but Cameron, you know, as is important, you know, our listeners have suffered through us for 146 episodes at this point. Uh, but this is your first time on the show, so why don't you tell everyone a little about yourself? Oh, geez, where to start? Um, 40-something, single father, living in an Arizona. It's 106 right now, but <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little storm coming, maybe a little community. But anyway, um, lifelong gamer, history teacher by profession. And uh, been working on this uh, little cool project last couple months. Well, a little bit longer than that, but excited to get ready for a, a Kickstarter, share with you guys, and uh, see if we sink or swim here, I guess. Well, we're definitely really excited to talk about that. And we have a big, beefy, chunky interview at the end of the show to go through all of those things. But we're going to kick off with a little housekeeping first and then just a couple topics to whet the appetite. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of Play Some Video Games and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Like I said, just a couple topics this week before we jump into a nice, beefy interview with Cameron. Uh, but Josh, I know you brought one to kick us off with. Why don't you take it away? I did. Uh, well, if you want to trash a game, uh, as we have seen in the past, uh, Last of Us 2 uh, is probably the most notable recently. Uh, well, you got to wait a day and a half. So if you're dedicated enough to trash or if you bomb a game, you got to wait 36 hours now, according to Metacritic. Uh, this is from Eurogamer, uh, but basically uh, the review aggregate website Metacritic has now implemented a 36-hour delay uh, to its user written reviews uh, to, quote, ensure its gamers have time to play a game before writing their reviews. My question to you and Cameron is, do you think this will stop review bombers? Do you think that these people... I don't think they're any different than people who trash movies on Rotten Tomatoes um, or board games on Board Game Geek, if we want to keep it all relative. Uh, is this going to slow someone down? Are they going to say, well, I can't I can't bomb this piece of media the day it comes out. I'm just going to leave it alone. Or do you think it's going to make them angrier every hour leading up to that 36-hour window? 
It's an interesting question. You know, Cameron, as our guest, I have I always have to clarify and just double check. Are you familiar with the whole review bombing fiasco on Metacritic? Uh, I will tell you, those trolls are salivating right now. You're just you're just you're just <laughs> putting some raw meat in front of them because they're going to come at you even harder. So good, good, good intentions, maybe, maybe, but this is going to yeah. not end well. I I'm impressed that you think that because I was like, man, I don't think the trolls could, are, I think in 36 hours, they're going to move on to something completely different that they're obsessed about. Aren't they? <laughs> I don't think so. No, <laughs> no, dang it. That's what I was hoping would happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very interesting to see. I'm glad that they did this, right? So this is definitely sending a clear mm-hmm. message to content creators and people who are, who are choosing to, to uh, leave these reviews. However, <laughs> I I think it, like Cameron said, I think it's just making them more angry. I don't think it's really like giving them some time to think about what they wanted to say. <laughs> like, did you really want to bomb this game? Or did you just want to go on to like any other part of the internet, read what everyone else is saying, and then incorporate it into your slam? <laughs> Are they just adding... It- something on their schedule 30 in 36 hours remember to go you know review bomb paper mario the origami king like they're just at, trolls are just adding it to their schedule yeah, 36 hours later what game can i currently bomb <laughs> people have so Cameron- people have such uh thin skins and it, it, even as a newbie game maker myself i've already gotten negative comments about putting my stuff out there and on ads and posts and, and it's just part of the the territory you gotta uh you know if you're gonna go in the boxing ring you know you gotta take a couple punches you just gotta get used to it so here's here's my it, question about this and i'm gonna direct this at you first cameron uh so you know video games there's a huge plethora of professional reviewers who do this for a living um and we obviously have that on the board game side too but definitely not as many uh or as prolific or people who are making their complete living from just reviewing games. So a lot of gamers, board games especially, return to like Board Game Geek and we look at the reviews there. And and overall, I, I don't think there are too many games that are review bombed or on something like Board Game Geek. Like there are definitely games that ha- have people who are passionate about their thoughts on it or might rate things for really not great reasons. But overall, the, the ratings on there seem pretty solid. They seem pretty reliable. It's a, uh, Why do you think that's... It's a more intellectual crowd. Is, I was saying, why do you think Uh-oh. that is? Why do you think that user reviews for board games seem to be so much more legitimate compared to video games? There's a lot more passion. There's just a lot more buy-in. People are invested. Um, you know, it's a hobby. You got to work to do that. It's easy just to you know download some mobile game or you know, it's just that culture. I think it's just it's more it's more intellectual. There's more thought into things, and it's easy to. To trash video games they're everywhere they're mass market uh, i think if board games ever get to that level they'll invite that kind of feedback but it's i just think it's a uh, a, a kinder swimming pool is that a swimming pool kinder crowd it's a kinder yeah. crowd. <laughs> they can be harsh kinder swimming they, pool. they can be harsh i will say that i'm not saying they're nice but they're just more critical more analytical stuff yeah, I can see that. I like I like the the kinder swimming pool. I think I'll start using that <laughs> as talking about board game fans. The kinder swimming pool. Adult swim is board games, and kid free swim is uh, video <laughs> games. Don't, don't oh, pee in goodness. the pool. <laughs> True, preach there for sure. Josh, anything else you want to say about this? No, I figured it was a nice light little topic we could get over. I did want to. I was hoping. I don't know if you're familiar with GameGenic who they just started doing all the um, stuff for Keyforge, like the sleeves, the decks. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They just announced they're doing Catan. Um, and I was, and they said they were going to drop all their info at Gen Con. I was really hoping we were going to get some info because they're like teasing all this like really fancy like Catan accessories um, and maybe even pieces. So uh, I'm really excited to see if that like reinvigorates um, people's uh, enjoyment or um, – getting back into Catan. Oh, so interesting. Keep it. Keep your eyes out for that. Gamegenic Catan. Also, I think it's very sad that this 36-hour delay is only for video games, and it's not in their other areas. Not for movies or anything else that not they have on there. Just wait. Just wait. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. All right. So my topic this week is the rumors of the final chapter of Pandemic Legacy being season zero and not season three are true. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when the box art had originally leaked, but now it's available for pre-order, so you can get into it if you'd like. Uh, you know, a little story here from the good folks over at ICV2. Uh, Tim Smith just talked about, quote, Z-Man Games announced Pandemic Legacy Season 0, the final chapter, so that's official, of the yeah. Pandemic Legacy trilogy. <laughs> I got a text message from my friend that said Kyle's going to be very disappointed that <laughs> 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 his prediction was wrong. <laughs> uh, for release later this year. Uh, Pandemic Legacy Season Zero is the prequel story that puts players in the role of medical graduates called upon by the CIA during the Cold War in 1962. A deadly Soviet bioweapon, Project Medusa, will have players traveling between Allied, Neutral, and Soviet cities as they eliminate, eliminate Soviet operatives, acquire specific targets, and set up other CIA agents in remote locations. This game, again, is going to look like it's going to take place over 12 months. Uh, and Season 0 does not require players to have played Season 1 or Season 2, which for me is a little disappointing. I'm excited about Season 0, obviously, but there was so much... Of, I, okay, I say there was so much of a cliffhanger at the end of Season 2. In my mind, I remember there being one, but maybe there wasn't. Maybe I'm misremembering this. <laughs> uh, but Cameron, did you play Pandemic Legacy at all? <clears throat> uh, don't don't pull my gamer card. I never have. <laughs> That's okay. okay. Where of it? Okay. Uh, this sounds like Pandemic Black Ops, maybe? The first one, right? Based on the numbers... You know, or to trying to yeah. go and get some like nerve agent or something. Uh, cool setting. Uh, I know of the game. I'm sure it's selling like hotcakes right now with current conditions. So, uh, <laughs> prequels are always interesting. Yeah, Josh, you have both season one and season two, correct? Mm -hmm. Have you? But you have not played either? Question mark. No, we we've played one. We played Pandemic season one. We didn't play two. We started okay. two, and then um, we had a kid. So the friend group. Basically disbanded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks cool though. This one has like um, uh, your player cards look like passports. Yeah. Um, the board definitely has that Cold War era feel to it. The way it looks. So it looks interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, finish season one and finish season two. My hope is that this will release in early-ish November. Is my hope. So that way, because it kind of has been Thanksgiving tradition. That's when the first two games got played, if I recall. So it'd be nice to play this over that long Thanksgiving break again. But we'll see. I pre-ordered it. I, w I didn't have this in my gaming budget. But now I guess there's <laughs> one less game I'm going to buy later that I w wasn't planning on. Because uh, I thought this was coming out a little later. I thought maybe August, September we'd see pre-orders for this. So I'm a little surprised. And like I said, a little disappointed that it's not season three. But I'm still... Pretty cool with the setting. Cold War sounds interesting. We There's been a number of Cold War games that have been very, very good. Obviously, this is very different than those other ones, but seems like it, it's a neat time period to go after. I really just wonder if this was always the plan or if there was something with continuing to a season three that just wasn't working. Right. So they decided to go this direction instead. We'll never know. I know. Well, maybe someday we'll know. We'll get Matt Leacock on. <laughs> yeah, and we'll ask him. Be like, what's the deal? What's going on with this? Why did this? you make Kyle's prediction wrong? <laughs> exactly. Oh, goodness. Okay, Cameron. So there's a lot of games as of late that have been legacy slash campaign slash story driven. Have you gotten into those much? Are those styles of board games that you enjoy playing? Yes and no. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm aware of them and they sound... Like Risk Legacy, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, growing up, we played a lot of Risk, Axis, and Allies. My gaming group, which my, they're still my gaming group today. And uh, just you know, I, when I read that box or the website, the first time I, I stumbled across it, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is the coolest new iteration or new twist on things." And we never, you know, we were well past our Risk phase. Uh, mm. But that that you know the, the continuing game that goes on and you can all like I love like I love that idea that premise. Uh, it's very fertile ground and um, you can you know haven't experienced it but really tried to lean hard on my friends to get into it. Yeah, uh, sounds I'm awful. fortunate that my part. 
Yeah, I'm fortunate that my partner is probably even a bigger border game fad than I am. She's super into them, and we have restarted our campaign of uh, Lord of the Rings Journey into Middle-Earth, or Journeys in Middle-Earth, and man, I forgot how good that game was. It is so good. Now, I will say, I feel like we're cheating a little bit because we had started the campaign and then stopped, and then we restarted the campaign. So we currently have won the first three scenarios, and I think that might be just because, not that I distinctly remember exactly what you're supposed to do, but I have some memories about how things are supposed to go. But now we're getting to the point where we hadn't been before, so I'll be interested to see how this goes moving forward. But I, I really feel like this is the style of game we play the most now, is this legacy or campaign style game. I think there's just something that always pulls us back to it, and and that is really taking up most of our gaming time right now, which I'm not mad at, but it's definitely making it harder to get, you know, games that are one-time plays uh, to the table. Right Does that now. one have like the hidden compartments in it and the secret rules? And That one doesn't, but it's like I said, it's an, or maybe I didn't say it, it's an app based game. So you have to have the oh. app to play it. So every time you play, like things are still a little bit different and you know where, so you set up the boards and you set up pieces as you go. And then the app will be like, Oh, add, enemies at these enemies here at these interaction points here so everything is you can't you don't really know exactly what's coming until you start playing the game uh and it does a nice job of hey interact with this thing and then it's totally not at all what you expect it to do or happen so uh mistakes are sometimes definitely made uh when trying not to make mistakes so (laughs) it's really like it's kind of like a merging of video games with board games and that you can have you know you got a save game you can continue or you got a you know a new game plus uh, and so like the, the mechanics, the ideas behind it are awesome. Uh, but like I said, my gaming group is not interested, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> Hey, that's okay. That's why we have so many different games. That's true. So yes. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, then we're going to kind of saddle on over and we're going to get to know Cameron a little bit better. And we're going to get to know Redline a little bit better. Now, Cameron, one thing to know is that whenever we have guests on, I do this really bad thing that is probably not going to come surprising is I tend to hog the mic a lot <laughs> when I ask all the questions and Josh sits there and he tries to interject and ask things. And I'm just so excited about stuff that I, I just tend to interject a lot. So we have this very kind of structured thing where I'm like, I'm going to ask two questions and then Josh is going to talk because otherwise I just keep talking. Uh, so if it seems like, wow, these guys are really being very kind of formal as they go through this, that's why. Uh, Cause otherwise I just keep talking like I am right now. So to kick I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to make sure Josh gets <laughs> okay. his time. That's important. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here very quietly. I'm on your side, John. <laughs> All right, so to kick things off, Cameron, obviously you're a new face in the design side of board games. This is your first game, Redline, that you've designed. So just no. give, us, give us a little history no. about you as our first game or board game geek that I could find. I'll go okay, with that. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your just your history with games, you know, board games, video games, kind of what's your history with them? Uh, what kind of gamer are you? Uh, so I don't want to go back to this well, but I probably will given the subject matter. Uh, my my gateway drug was Battletech. Uh, yeah. I played that when I was young. I still remember my first game. A uh, group of friends were playing it. We played on my buddy's pool table. Uh, I think I died right away, but it was just a really mechs and, and the rules and the art and the tactics. And it was just, I was hooked right away. So Battletech led into like Rifts, led into Robotech. Got a little bit into magic when it first came out. So I didn't learn how to play. Uh, Axis and Allies. I mean, I'm going all the video games, of course, too. But uh, Risk and um, kind of got out of gaming for a while. Uh, but then recently, uh, you know, with my gaming group, we're more into real heavy into like magic now. X-Wing Miniature, we were doing that for a while. So still kind of keeping maybe to kind of like that uh, tabletop type experience type of thing uh but we're really into like i said magic x-wing and every now and then something different but that's my uh board game experience gotcha what's your favorite game of all time board game or video game both let's, let's i got i gotta say magic just because i've been playing that probably for the last 10 years straight and that's where a lot of my money goes uh, if we're going video games all time there's so damn many um i'm gonna go i'm gonna Hail Mary here, and I always say this. Uh, I've got a lot of fond, fond memories of playing a little Koei game called Aerobiz Supersonic. 
It, like what? It's, wow, nope, nope, that was not what was <laughs> going to an airline game. simulation game. That sounds really exciting, but uh, you like make routes and you like build up passengers. And your plane will crash. It's four players, so all my brothers oh my. and friends. Look at this. It's on Super Nintendo. It's it's old school. It's not. It wouldn't probably fly today, but as a kid, that was something we just always played a lot of building up our airplane. Yeah, it's kind of cool. This is a. Yeah, this is an interesting looking game. It just always sticks with me. Wow, okay. (laughs) This is the most unique favorite game I think anyone has ever listed on the show. No, it's cool. Uh, I'd give you... That's great. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I would give you an award if I had one to give you because that is awesome. <laughs> you like you got to set uh, your rates, and then every other player is like competing for passengers. So kind of like think of Monopoly, um, but with airlines. It's it's weird, but like we played that game for years. Got yeah. you. Okay. If, if people play wow. it, and I'm gonna have to look this game up. Go emulate it. I like. There's a. There's a. <laughs> There's a screenshot of a boardroom where they say, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." <laughs> the prompt is, "Shall I conduct the meeting?" And they, you can say yes or no. <laughs> it's cutthroat, man. It's awesome. cutthroat. <laughs> All right. So my last question then, before I over- throw it over to Josh for a few. So, and this is pulled from your website. How does a father, history teacher, writer, surfer, gamer, dreamer, taco lover, and hot sauce addict become a board game designer? Because uh, that's all I do. Single father full custody i have very little social life kind of outside of my gaming circle so um i'm a creative person i'm always working on something and it just so happens that red line is uh, uh where my passion is at right now so i'm uh, i'm a busybody because i make sacrifices at other places there you go yeah uh, <laughs> i'm just always from one hot sauce addict to another that's oh, <laughs> that's uh can't ever be hot admirable. enough but i'm just like i said um Dedicated my daughter, um, teacher, so I, that's a takes up a lot of my time. And then you know weekends, weeknights, if I'm not kind of with my friends or daughter, I'm just tinkering on something. So I'm a tinker. Nice. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, sure, that leads uh, to my turn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, for us, for our listeners, um, just t- tell us what exactly is Redline. So Redline is really cool. It is a I guess kind of a fusion, a blend of some of those favorite games I grew up playing. Um, it's it's a card, it's an expandable card game. It's got a real heavy magic influence, but the idea was to kind of make like a sci-fi mech-based card game, but to include those tabletop elements that I really liked and grew up with, with maneuver and gaining and holding territory, and you know, in battle tech, we you know, stay up late at night making our own maps like customizing them so how can you take those basically how can you kind of add war game elements to uh, a card game and still play fast and have it be sleek and so that's what redline kind of aims to do it's a tact it really is a tactical card game because you can do flanks and feints and ambushes uh while still kind of having some familiar gameplay elements uh to speed you along nice okay so i think you kind of answered the next question in that but um i guess what i would want to ask is is when did, when did you when did you just decide that you were going to design this game like as a as a gamer myself i have a hard time um ever being able to like put myself in the shoes of game designers where they just say like okay i like battletech i like magic now i'm going to sit down and i'm going to make this there's a forward game. There's a little story here, so I'll try and go fast. Redline actually started back in 2016. Uh, that's when we started. I got bit by the X-wing bug, and I just thought this would be a really with the dials and maneuvers. It reminded me of BattleTech as a kid, but kind of an updated version and playing, you know, kind of simultaneously. And anyway, I really liked that. And for whatever reason in my head, I just thought, man, this would be like a really good mobile game. I don't know why. Um, so went looking on the app store for something similar to it. There really wasn't, and that rubbed me the wrong way. Like I was distraught for a couple of days. Like, why doesn't someone <laughs> make like a little simultaneous, not again as detailed as you know an X-wing or something, but kind of like a little mini tactical game on the phone? And for whatever reason, I just like, well, if you want something done right, do it yourself. So with 
I mean, legit, no programming, no coding, except being a game or no game design experience at all. We kind of got a team of people who could fill in the gaps that, you know, the, with experience that I didn't have, we actually built a little mobile game for Redline. We had a little alpha that was playable, uh, had a modeler, artist, coders, and we uh, tried to launch on Kickstarter uh, back in 2016. <clears throat> Failed. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that was that. And, uh, you know, we got, for, for again, for starting literally from nothing, uh, we got quite a lot done. And it really kind of irked me that nothing came out of it. And, you know, I'm, I fully admit I made a lot of mistakes along the way and probably a little too ambitious to start with, but we had a lot of great assets. We had art assets. The game looked great and it just didn't do anything with them. And so fast forward a couple of years and well, wait a minute, you know, I, I, why not make a card game and take a lot of those ideas and elements that we had originally, this would translate really well into a card game if you could just put those pieces together. So that's kind of where the genesis of the current version is. Um, making, again, a strategic, tactical, maneuver-based card game, uh, but picking up that property from before and then translating it. Okay, cool. So the app was 2016. So when when did um, when did the design process begin for for the card game? And, and uh, can you just kind of tell us what it was like uh, getting it from idea to where you have it now? So probably back in February? I've been mulling the idea for a long time, but didn't really know how to approach it until I came up, until the idea of the, I think I was literally at the mall with my daughter, when the idea of having um, a mission deck, mission cards that you could fight over, so you actually had like a map now, and you had terrain to hold and to secure, that solved a lot of problems, and once that kind of was figured out, the rest fell into place. As I just said, I'm a tinkerer, so to pull these assets together and, and get progress made wasn't really hard. Uh, just trying to get a good core idea. But it was February. Uh, I'll admit Corona was kind of a blessing in disguise. <laughs> uh, being stuck <laughs> at home with not a lot to do, uh, was able to invest yeah. a lot more time and really push forward and, and, and move ahead with this. Um, so uh, all this um, sheltering in place has not been put to wait. Awesome. Okay. So Kyle, you're up. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So Kickstarter, that's that's the plan or the route that you're going. Uh, what's it? You know, we've had other guests on here. Typically, no you know, previous guests have either had, you know, fortunate enough to pitch their game and have it picked up by a publisher or have some Kickstarter experience. You know, what is it like getting this board game ready for Kickstarter? What's it like prepping a campaign? Like, I don't know that we've ever had anybody walk us through what that's like. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thank goodness. Like, again, I said for Corona, because it is a it's a small team. And so there's a lot of work to do uh, besides being a game designer and a play tester. I'm also the, the art director. I'm also the, the writer, the, making the websites, doing the budgeting market it's just there's so much work to do if if there was not a pandemic i probably wouldn't be able to, to move ahead as far, as far as i have um but it's just having that failed experience in 2016 was really beneficial i guess everything does happen for a reason uh was able to learn from a lot of those mistakes and slow down take your time do it the right way and just really build it's, it's, it's about building you're really building uh, a fan base you're building your product you're building your graphics you're you're building um a house you could say but you got to have a strong foundation it's a lot of work it's gotcha i'd say it sounds like it would be a lot of work but one of the biggest things i think to help make kickstarter successful is people knowing exactly what they're getting from the game. So can you just give us an overview of, you know, what Redline plays like, what people can expect if they were looking at or potentially interested in picking up the game? Yeah, awesome. So, so again, if you have, if you've played any uh, card games, Hearthstone even, you, you know, you're pretty familiar. You draw your cards, uh, you play resources, you deploy your army, you upgrade them with equipment. That's standard. What makes Redline unique and really, really cool is the game was built from the start around simultaneous combat, right? Uh, a lot of other card games, you take turns. You just go back and forth, back and forth, and you're always moving in, like, one direction. You're, you're you know, magic. You're, you're pushing into the red zone, right? Uh, red line's different because combat's simultaneous. So at the beginning of combat, uh, 
you have dials, and there's five cards in front of you, mission cards that make up the game map. And the, the objective is to secure all five of those missions, that, that map that makes up your game. So you got to choose where your units go. So you're going to move towards uh, the dam and try and secure that, where you might leave the flank open on your right side, where there's another mission that's unoccupied right now. And so there's a lot of guessing, bluffing, maneuver, uh, which really makes the gameplay uh, like a tabletop uh, war game, uh, which is really, really cool. Very cool. So if people are playing games, you know, you've talked about the Magic, the Yu-Gi-Oh, things like that, but maybe people, if somebody hasn't played any, you know, the standard card games that are out there, if they're just playing board games, what type of board games, you know, if people like X board game, might they also enjoy Redline? So Redline is, is, like I said, built from the start around this idea of simultaneous combat and, and kind of double blind play. Uh, that's the type of game where you and your opponent don't have all the information at once, right? Um, and so uh, when you don't know exactly what your opponent's doing, there's a lot of game play options that open up. Like I said, you can set traps and ambushes. You can flank and push to the left or to the right. Uh, and so that, you know, it it really opens the game up. It gives it a whole another level of depth. Um, like I said, the, the closest analogy would be like a, like a Warhammer, uh, an X-Wing and like a Battletech where you're trying to move and anticipate your opponent's play and counter that at the same time, they're doing the same thing. To you. Very cool. So when is this Kickstarter campaign launching? Very soon. <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're <laughs> aiming for uh, August 3rd. So this is like two, about two weeks. Two weeks we're getting ready yeah. to go. Set sail awesome. and, and let it fly. Awesome. Josh, do you have other questions you'd like to ask? Um, I think my biggest question that I have about Redline is, uh, and, and maybe it's a bit ambitious of a question for you with, with a game that hasn't even launched yet, but is this a game that you foresee um, expansions and have already maybe even have ideas for, or do you kind of see this as a, uh, you know, one game and you have the whole game in it? Uh, it's a great question. And um, I hate, I don't hate that question, but yes, to answer it totally, um, <laughs> totally have room to expand and to grow. One of the uh, stretch goals is to uh, offer some expansion decks, with new cards, new New Afrites, that's what the mechs in our game are called, by the way, Afrites. Uh, generals and stuff like that. Being expandable, like a, you know, a set of Legos, you can buy a deck and you can play with that deck and you know what cards come in that deck. Or take it apart, add it to your collection, and customize and build your own thing. You know, problem is, just being brand new, it, it's really easy to get overly ambitious and you know, look five steps ahead when you haven't even like started your crawling. So we want to go slow. Like I said, do it right. The core set comes with two decks. It's got everything you need to just play with a friend right away. And then if that holds water, if, if, if people like that, there's definitely room to expand with uh, additional decks, uh, new factions, new mechanics. Like I said, I'm a big Magic player, and they're pretty aggressive in, in how they grow that product in game. Not that we were going to be anywhere close to that but there is room to to grow organically and that is the plan for that. but one thing at a time is it is it uh um and maybe i missed it is this uh are you customizing decks or are you getting pre-set up decks when you play so you'll get two the core set comes with two standard decks uh every card is going to be the same on every box there's no random blind buys at all um you'll know exactly what you get when you okay cool very is, cool. Is there any possibility of uh, adding, you know, Commander EDH as a way to play Redline? Already done. Uh, <laughs> so the game is, is you have a general who uh, you build your deck around. And so you can only use cards from that general's faction. Uh, each general has special abilities. Uh, again, hey, I'm going to wear it on my sleeve, man. I'm a big magic player. And uh, Commander is huge. So besides being fun... Uh, you know, it'd be, and a lot of games do it now anyways, Hearthstone with Heroes and stuff like that. Um, you want to, you know, it's a way to add personalities to the game. It's a way to customize your deck. So, uh, yeah, generals are built in from uh, day one. They're already there. 
uh, it's kind of funny because I I stopped playing Magic because I was I enjoyed it, but I was spending so much money on it. I said, you know, maybe I'll just transition to this board game hobby. This seems like oh, less expensive, no. and that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, so but that's why I stopped playing Magic for the most part, and uh, that did not clearly work out as my board game collection uh, now tells me. Uh, so, what's been so far the biggest surprise you've had when trying when designing this game? <sighs> biggest surprise? Uh, how quickly it fell into place. Um. Just the that that core that core that core idea of the simultaneous combat and the mission deck really unlocked a lot of the other the game kind of built itself at that point. Um, so really, you know, there's a lot of tweaks and changing and play testing along the way. Um, but once that core once combat got figured out, uh, it, it did fall into place pretty quickly. And I thought maybe. I thought it might take a lot longer to, to work out some kinks and stuff like that. But, um, it, it, the game itself is pretty smooth. Very cool. Uh, Josh, we do have some questions from super listener Splig. Do you want to take us through? Yeah, we do. I think there's a little back and forth on Twitter, but we get the, the actual question uh, in here. So uh, Splig at Dopelicious asks Cameron, uh, he turned a bunch of his own uh, phrases, I guess, uh, <laughs> Now, I'm no mexpert, but what are some other IPs you used as mexpiration? Also, <laughs> uh, can all the players join together in a giant Voltron Zord? I'm getting major front mission. Only played three vibes. Mexpert. What do you think? I like that. A mexpert. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go backwards here. Can Well, let me go. So can you, what are some inspirations? <laughs> Any order you what want. What are inspirations? Is that what it was? Yeah, uh, what are some other IPs you used as mexpirations? Okay, so <laughs> uh, the game has a very heavy Battletech vibe. Uh, if you look at the art, if you go to our website, <clears throat> redlinegame.com. Have I, is that the first time I said that? I'm terrible. It is. I'm terrible. Yes. That's okay. I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, got lucky early on, the uh, designer of our Freeds, uh, actually is an ex-Battletech designer. He used to work uh, for Catalyst oh. Games. And so for whatever reason, uh, he liked the idea. He's been on board from day one. Uh, but if, you know, if, if it looks like Battletech, that's not by accident. It's kind of by design. <laughs> uh, but I can't blame me. I got, an, I got a Battletech artist working on the game, so that's why. Uh, so sorry, sorry, front mission fans. All the front mission is rad. Um, we we <laughs> might work something in there. Each faction kind of has a different uh, look and appearance to their freets. Uh, and you know, front line is kind of a little little boxy, a little anime. And there's room if if the game takes hold and grows to maybe put that kind of um, appearance or style into some of the games. As for a freet zord, mechazord, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never say never. Uh, <laughs> in the lore, there is a there is a faction that has kind of disappeared from the solar system, and I'm, I I don't know what happened to them. But if they were to come back, the idea would be they would have some pretty advanced, crazy, not alien, but almost technology, and so that would be in their wheelhouse to kind of assemble uh, a fleet together. It, Never say never. The door is open. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I could see. I'm already envisioning the Redline campaign ver- version of the game. Get that app integration. It's down the whoa, line. Whoa, whoa. I hey, small steps. Small steps. <laughs> and then we make it a legacy game and you travel right. with that missing <laughs> faction and you colonize a planet. No, you joke. <laughs> you right. joke. But like when me and my friends would play Battletech, we would do that. We you know we'd get scrapped and you'd have to refit and rearm. Uh, and so that it's, I would love to kind of introduce that where you could, after every round, uh, you know, do some readjusting of resources and get a new map to push forward and move back. Uh, maybe capture some cards from your opponent's stack, put that in there. It's not something I have not thought about, but like I said, uh, you got so many great ideas when you're designing a game, and really, you gotta. I think a good game designer has restraint, and you just really gotta know what to focus on and, and what to leave. All right, I think I have one more question. I don't know if Josh has any additional, but you talked a lot about you know all these things you're really passionate about, and that you're a tinkerer, and all these other things you like to do, and you like to create. So. 
why a board game? Why not a graphic novel series? Why not a done book? It. Why done not it. a done it? <laughs> okay. Like <laughs> um, I, I don't know why I, I, I got incepted a couple of years back to just you know follow your passion. You know, work a job you love, never work a day in your life. I love history. Not mm-hmm. the greatest fan of teaching these days, and so I, you know, I just I'm an amateur screenwriter. Uh, I I have worked on a graphic novel, uh, websites side businesses i just um videos youtube channels i just there's so you know the internet is such a it levels the playing field there's so many avenues and opportunities that we all have to follow your passions and and to do some you know to express yourself or or make something um you know and if even if you don't have the skills you can learn them or you can find someone else who can help you out because you have a skill that they lack. There's just so much opportunity now, like I said, to, to make something. Um, I just, it's, I don't know how not to, you know, it's what I do. For sure. Awesome. Josh, any other questions from you, sir? No, I think, well, I guess uh, there is something, there's something that I don't know how to phrase. So I'm going to say for the, for our listeners who, uh, are considering or maybe are just kind of hearing the interview and, and what we're what we're talking about. Um, what do you want to, before we stop talking about Redline, like what do you want to say to those people who are are, are listening and uh, may or may not be interested in Redline? Like what's your pitch to get them over to your Kickstarter page? Hey, awesome. Um, Redline is a really unique game. It, it, it checks a lot of boxes. Like I said, I am more a magic player now than anything else. Uh, and the game was built to, to be comfortable to any 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 trading card player. Uh, but I w- didn't just want to copy. I just didn't want another, I'll say boring, but just another carbon copy card game. And so really, really worked hard. And that's where the, the effort really was in, is to make it tactical. There, you could, Like I said, you can set up ambushes. You can... In the game, it's possible to open up a gap in the front line, and then the next turn, you know, move your units through it to attack the opponent's base. Uh, you can, you know, flank, and you can retreat to rearm. Because when I grew up, Risk, Access and Ally, at Battletech, that those are the games I really love playing. So it's really, like I said, a fusion of kind of like the gamer I am now with the games I really enjoyed playing in my youth. Could you make that into something that plays fast, that plays fun, that is replayable? Uh, and I think, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I, I think it succeeds because I there's not a lot of other games like that with simultaneous combat and, you know, to get your kind of tabletop wargaming fix, but just with a deck of cards. Nice. Very, very cool. All right. Final question before we move on to well-rounded life. Uh, what is your favorite magic card? Oh, this is so, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Favorite? Favorite? Yeah. I got to I gotta live up to my Aerobiz Supersonic take here. Um, uh, <laughs> You don't have to live up to that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go, I got a stack of cards in front of me right now. I should just pick one. Um. Uh, no, what's that card name? Uh, Mirrodin. Uh, you can infect someone for one black mana. It's a really crappy card, but I use it all the time. Uh, I'll come back. You know what? I'm going to look it up. Come back to me. Sorry. Okay. I was going to say, the the correct answer, though. I know. Probably... It was on the tip of my tongue, <laughs> and I didn't want to go there, because everybody does. I, I I was you know like when I played I was very much like a red deck wins like Boros Bushwhacker is my favorite deck. Oh, you are a so, uh, classy individual. You got good taste. Well, you know I'm one of those people. You're too who, kind either, to him. Either way, <laughs> either way, when I played Magic, my my games were done in 15 minutes. I either won or I lost, and all three rounds were done in 15 minutes. Uh, we like were moving on. Wow, so, I think is what they call I, I got a do. sick I got a sick Goblin deck too, man. Bushwhacker's broken. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Oh my gosh, I love Boros Bushwalker. Okay, with that, thank you so much for being here, Cameron. But we are going to wrap up with uh, well-rounded life recommendations. We're obviously a gaming podcast, but we want to give our listeners one thing that we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Cameron, as our guest, you get the option. You can either go first, or you can have Josh and I give our recommendations, and you can go last. What would you prefer? Berlin Wound! 
Burn okay, okay, wound. okay. Yeah, burn the yeah. Put a negative one counter on a creature. That's good. Uh, if it yeah. dies, its controller gets a poison counter. Uh, but that fits because my yeah. uh, my word of advice is mask up, everybody. Don't get a virulent wound. <laughs> There's a pandemic going <laughs> around here. It ain't 1967, but wear your masks. If nothing else, I saw a meme about this the other day. Consider it. Um, imagine it's a piece of equipment that gives you plus 20% to viruses, right? Maybe you think it looks goofy, but if you're playing a game, you know you would equip that SOB real fast. So put on that mask. Increase your virus resistance and stay away from virulent wounds. Because that corona might as well be Phyrexian oil, man. I don't know. That stuff is nasty. Yeah, no, I will be wearing them every day when I go back to work no. on August third. So, yeah, we're we're done with our working from home stuff starting then. So, be masking safe. up. That's a great be recommendation, Cameron. An excellent recommendation, Josh. What is your recommendation for our listeners? Did I, did I recommend Palm Springs last week? I can't you even did. remember. And I watched it, what and planet? it was amazing. Okay, good. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, yeah, it was very, very good. Uh, so yeah, this week I'm recommending a movie I I didn't expect to like, um, but uh, I watched it because I don't. I guess I didn't have anything better to do. Uh, the Old Guard um, on Netflix It is with Charlize Theron. It is based off of a graphic novel. Uh it is pretty great, actually. Uh, it actually was very entertaining, uh, decent story. I, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's wholly unique. Like, there's definitely parts that you've seen in other films. Uh, but uh, good story, good action, and uh, you know, Netflix productions are getting higher and higher. I don't know where they're getting the money from, uh, but. It's a very well produced film as well, uh, and it's and it's a it's a fun it's a fun movie. Did you review Obama? So I recommend. Uh, you know what? I could, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, Just thumbs down it on your Netflix account. That's how you review bomb it. There's well, yeah. I, I mean, there's definitely some Netflix films I wouldn't mind review bombing, but <laughs> it's, I don't think the old card's going to catch that one. Uh, yeah, easy recommendation as it is a fun. Uh, a fun watch you don't need to you can really kind of turn the brain off and watch this one very cool uh and the reason that netflix is able to up their production so much is because they aren't making any money that's why did you see all their money they had 10 million new subscribers since the pandemic yeah that actually new subscribers i'm sure they are are doing actually very well right i couldn't believe people so still subscribing yeah that's right Oh, goodness. So my recommendation is, you know, a docu-series, we'll say. It is on Disney+. Plus. It is Into the Unknown, The Making of Frozen 2. And let me preface this with saying, even if you don't like the Frozen movies, this is still an excellent excellent look into the production of a a full-length feature animated film. And I I think it's not a look we get very often. So even if you aren't super into Frozen, though you're definitely going to get a lot of Frozen music and things like that in it, I, I still think it's a really interesting look into how challenging and how hard the people work who are making these things. We talk about it all the time when it comes to board games and when it comes to video games, just the tireless effort it goes in to create uh, the things that we consume and the things that we love. And I don't think we always take enough time to recognize the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. And even though, yes, Disney made a ton of money on Frozen 2, they made, you know, a billion dollars or whatever it grossed, there's still people who are working very, very hard who you've never heard of um, that were so passionate about making this happen. And Into the Unknown is a really good look uh, at some of those people and the work that they did to make this thing come to fruition. And the best part about watching this is the part of the movie that I was like, this doesn't make any sense. They talk about multiple times how they're like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I felt very vindicated as they kept trying to clarify it and make it more clear and more clear and more clear. So I can't ima- I can't believe where it must have started since it got since it still didn't make any sense at the end as where it started from. But anyway, <laughs> into the unknown, the making of Frozen Two. It's on Disney Plus. I recommend you check it out. With that, again, huge thanks to Cameron Duker for joining us this week, Cameron. Where can our listeners keep up with you on the internet and plug anything you'd like to plug? All right. So redlinegame.com is the website. Uh, You can go check out our card preview gallery. You can check out the rules that are posted. You can look at all of the art, the story, the lore. 
Kickstarter launches August 3rd. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff for backers. We got miniatures of the Afrites, 28 oh. scale. Board game tabletop ready uh, as backer rewards. I haven't told anybody yet, but why not? We got alternate art anime generals being offered. Uh, so oh. you can already start to uh, pimp out your deck. It looks really, really cool. Uh, the one thing that people always say right away, uh, the game looks amazing. The art is great. We put a lot of work into that. So go check it out. If you like it, hey, stick around. I appreciate it. If not, sorry to bore you and waste your time. But uh, thank you again, redlightgame.com. See you August 3rd. Awesome. Josh, what do you say we wrap the show up? Yeah, let's throw it in real quick. Uh, uh, Cameron was very kind enough to to give uh, Board of the Video Games their own exclusive preview card, which we will be tweeting out uh, when this episode drops. So look forward to uh, this cool card that uh, we already got to see, and then you get to see on the, Tuesday. The biggest, baddest of Freet in the game. There's there a teaser you for you, if you ever heard it's, one. It's kind of scary. <laughs> it's pretty scary. Awesome. I can't wait for people to see it. It's very, very cool looking. Uh, so here we go. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board of Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com so, slash Board of Fiji. I should probably say the rest of that. Uh, so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Uh, also, if you want to communicate in a more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to send us an email at boardwithvgi at gmail.com. We tag all our stuff with hashtag boardwithvgi, so please feel free to do that so we can search that hashtag and see what you guys are doing. Uh, And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, uh, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board with video games feed. Please, no review bombs over there <laughs> on that topic. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at YSO Sirius. That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can the people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, uh, Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. Again, a huge thanks to Cameron for joining us this week, and be sure to check out Redline on Kickstarter August 3rd. Uh, side note, we might have potentially a special episode for you later this week, so be on the lookout for that. We'll keep you up to date on social media if that happens or not, but just know that might be coming your way. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Oh,